live from the Charlie Pete Studios, this is the Ellen Taylor Show. Hello and welcome to it. My name is Ellen Taylor, episode three of the Ellen Taylor Show happening right now. And if you are watching on YouTube or if you're on Spotify right now, uh, you can also watch. You will uh, see that it is very apparent that I have been immersed in a Gen Z uh rabbit hole really over the last maybe week or so I watch one episode of euphoria and now all of a sudden I think I can pull off like the little the little braids right in front of my face I got the the three barrel crimper on Amazon I don't know who I think I'm trying to be this is the moment in which I think maybe it was probably better that I just do a podcast without the video but then I stop myself and I realize What a great opportunity having video is. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know the news, which is on Spotify. There are a few select uh, podcasts that are given the opportunity or uh, capability, ability to also include video on their podcast. So again, I know Spotify is going through some things. I am not big enough to uh, choose only one platform to be on. If you don't want to listen to Spotify, that's fine. I don't care. But if you are on Spotify, you are listening on your phone. Down at the bottom, you're going to see a little video. Click on it and it opens up and you see, you see the podcast. You see me and you see these tragic braids that I am trying to pull off. We are going to do the damn thing. Okay. Uh, let's see here. What else have I been binging lately? And let me say, I want to get into euphoria. I see all of the memes. I watched the first season. I don't know when I watched the first season. It must've been, I want to say before Charlie passed. And if it was after I was in, still am in such a deep I mean, I I say that I've been asleep for the last year because I was just in such a bad headspace that whatever I watched, I wasn't really watching. It was kind of mind numbing. So now that I'm a little bit more awake, I am watching Euphoria and it is just so heavy. I'm like, my life is heavy enough. So um, I'm trying to get into Euphoria. I feel like that's what all the cool kids are doing. Yes, I am peer pressured. But I also really like Dollface on Hulu. Uh, you don't know this, you can't tell, but I was supposed to start recording this episode two days ago. <laughs> I've just been binging season two of Dollface on Hulu. Also, Shay Mitchell pulls off these little teeny tiny braids, which is why I thought that I could do it too, but I also am not Shay Mitchell. Uh, and right before I started to record this, I saw a headline come through TMZ, Sam Hunt, who I love, or should I say loved, Country singer Sam Hunt is getting divorced. But ladies, before you get all excited about that, wife files for divorce. Also in these papers says that she's pregnant and due in May. So she's very pregnant. Um, So things obviously must not be good. I don't know because I'm not them. But I would imagine it would have to be really bad if you're that far along. And you're filing for divorce. Um, And it must have been because in the paperwork, she's claiming that he's cheated on her. So, you know, there's there's that. Um, But also speaking of like pop culture and I don't know, I like to think that the Ellen Taylor show is part of that conversation because we have some fairly big fans of the show. If you 
uh, listened or watched last week, you will remember the festive Teletubby story about how uh, Andre Drummond, a current, what does he play for? The Brooklyn Nets, maybe now? Anyway, uh, first round pick from the Detroit Pistons, a professional NBA athlete, uh, wound up right outside of my window and I fell in love with his best friend and I told the story. I was not ashamed. Uh, maybe I was a little bit ashamed when I told it, but um, I tagged him. I did not feel ashamed when I tagged him because I will use his name for clickbait to get people to listen to this show. I have no shame at all in that, but God bless Andre Drummond. He commented on the reel, LMAO. I didn't really know what to expect listening to this, but watch the whole episode. 10 out of 10 PS that story will live forever rent free in my head. Yeah. Thanks, Andre. It will live rent-free forever in my head, too. Uh, Speaking of kind of uh, the look that I've got going on today, this is my shameless plug. So um, I was not ashamed to, you know, name drop, but this is my shameless plug for watch. Look, look, can you see it? Are you watching? Can you see it? Got a green hoodie on and in white little letters embroidered on it says, I'm the show. Yes. I'm the show merch coming to the site on Friday. So Friday, let me see here. Uh, This is going to come out on February 22nd, which means Friday is February 25th. So uh, ellentaylor.com, that's where you go for everything about the show. And uh, but Charlie Pete is my clothing store. So I'll have a link on ellentaylor.com that directs you to Charlie Pete to get the I'm the show merch again, launching on Friday. We'll make it very easy for you. Again, if you follow on Instagram or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, I'll I'll pump out those links um, shamelessly. Apparently, that's the theme here. Shame. Um We'll do that on Friday. So there will be uh, a hoodie option. And actually, wait, hold on. I have the crew neck right here. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, there's also a crew neck option right right there. Wait, right, right there. You get it. Uh, you, If you're not watching, that's probably a good thing because I'm just a hot mess right now. Uh, yeah, we all know what a crew neck looks like. So crew neck is coming. Also, uh, some baseball hats as well. Uh, those are coming all to the website on Friday, uh, March, no, February 25th, ellentaylor.com or charliepeat.com. That is a way that you can support the show and also remind yourself that you are the show in whatever aspect of your life. I love that this is kind of taken on a a thing of its own on social media. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I'm the show merch coming on Friday. Uh, You know, when we talk about the whole Andre Drummond situation, it's not even Andre Drummond. It was like the friend of Andre Drummond. When we talk about that situation, I'm like, okay, well, like obviously I was not destined to like meet an athlete, at least not that athlete or his friends. But on June 25th, I am a psychic. Call me Miss Cleo right now. I am calling it. My name is Miss Ellen. (laughs) Apparently a wannabe psychic. On June 25th in Cincinnati, Ohio, I have high hopes of meeting the one. In order to talk about where we're going, we first need to talk about where we've been. So I want to rewind to the first season that I had in Seattle. And when I say season, I mean football season. Um, It would have been fall 2012. I moved there at the end of 2011. So fall 2012, I am 
spending every Monday at this little restaurant hole in the wall spot in downtown Renton with some friends because Cam Chancellor is watching Monday Night Football there. And so, of course, I'm going to be there, too. Not because I was a creep. It's not like no one knew that he was there and I was like showing up. I'm not that girl. Um, I think he had like a deal or knew the owner. I'm sure he was getting paid to be there. But every Monday he was watching the game there. And I was like, oh, cool. Like me and my friends would go and we thought it was fun. And you have to remember that this was also before the Seahawks really got good. 2012, I think, was the first year that they made the playoffs in a really long time. So this was before they had won the Super Bowl. Uh, All of these things, they were just on the come up. And when I moved to Seattle, I didn't know anybody. I knew one person. Yeah, just one person. And the best way for me to connect with my community was to root for the same sports teams. And I love sports. I love boxing, MMA. It might sound surprising. I wasn't allowed to talk about that on the radio because that's not ladylike, but that's, again, a story for another time. Um, And I also really love football, especially defense. Oh, my gosh. Like, I go to the bathroom when Russ is cooking. Like, I go to the bathroom when there's touchdowns. Like, yeah, touchdowns are great, and we're on offense. Yay, and that's how you win games. But, no, really, like, I love watching men be men and clobber each other. There's just something about it that gets me. It's that animalistic thing in me. And so I love football. I even though I grew up in Michigan, was never a Lions fan. I am not a glutton for punishment by any means, but I love the Seahawks now, especially. And again, 2012, I really like the Seahawks because they're doing well. And this is what me and my new community of people that I'm meeting are all talking about. We can all come together when we talk about the Seahawks. Every Monday, I'm going to this place. I don't remember what it was called, really. It was a Cajun Asian fusion restaurant, and they they were known for their catfish nuggets. Never tried them. Never sounded appealing. But what did sound appealing was Cam Chancellor, and I was there. And somewhere down the line, I think the owner of the restaurant figured out who I was. No, not figured out who I was because that makes me sound like I am of caliber with Cam Chancellor and I am not. Um, He figured out what I did for life. He knew that I was a morning show host on a country radio station and thought, oh, well, this girl probably can talk. Let's give her a microphone and she can interview Cam during halftime. And it's not like I was next to Cam. No, 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 no. Cam was on one side of the restaurant and I was on the other because if you listen to last week's episode, you know, I get a little bit awkward around very attractive men, which Cam Chancellor is. That only happened one time. Anyway, I digress. Uh <laughs> One of the days that we were there, one of the Mondays that we were there, a guy came up and started talking to me and my friends. It wasn't anything like, it wasn't trying to hit on anybody. It was a group of guys and girls that we were all there every Monday. And the guy kind of started talking, whatever. And and I realized, oh, he also plays for the Seahawks. He was a rookie. And I looked at him and said, oh, sorry, dude. Like, I had no idea that you played. And he goes, no, no, no. Like, that's okay. But I know who you are. And I stopped and I was like, wait, you know who I am? I think that might have been the first time that I got recognized in public and someone actually said something to me. Also, me and this person have very different, um, uh, we both have a different remembering or we remember the story very differently. So since this this is the Ellen Taylor show, I'm going to tell Ellen Taylor's version of this. Uh, this guy winds up, yeah, being a rookie. It was my first season in Seattle. So I thought it was very fitting. And so now these two people who have 
just come to Seattle to further their careers, take the next step in their careers. Now we're friends. And this guy has become one of my nearest and dearest friends, still is to this day. If you followed me for long enough, then this name is not going to sound unfamiliar to you. But that gentleman who recognized me, his name is Greg Scruggs. He was a defensive end for the Seahawks. He wound up winning a Super Bowl with them and then ended up going out to New England where he moved to tight end and won another Super Bowl with them. In between the two Super Bowls, though, we started a podcast together called Beauty and the Champ, which I feel like did not get as much recognition or accolades or acknowledgement as it should. But it is great that I have those episodes kind of now saved somewhere because it's just fun to look back on our friendship and just listening to us shoot the shit and talk about whatever was happening at the time. And... I don't know how I convinced him to do this, but at one point I convinced him to do my makeup and do it on film on camera because there's no such thing as film. Like kids these days don't even know what film is. Sorry. On camera. I was going to be a beauty guru on YouTube and there was this trend going on where your husband does your makeup. And since I didn't have a husband or a boyfriend, I thought, oh, my bestie does my makeup would be fun. And he just so happens to be a Super Bowl champion. Spoiler alert. He's really bad at makeup. I found out after the fact that Erica, my boss at the TV station, uh, one of the reasons that she said she hired me was that she had seen that video and thought it was very funny. So Greg, thank you for doing my makeup. No, you are not getting rehired. Um, But Greg and I have remained very good friends over cross country moves and life. And I'm very excited because in June, Greg is getting married. Finally, like his fiance is stunning. Like I would have put a ring on that a long time ago. And she is obviously very patient. So the time has come. Greg is getting married on June 25th. I get the wedding invitation and, um, I I go to RSVP and and then all of a sudden it hits me and I see, oh, like it's just an invite for me. I don't get a plus one. I logically, I understand why, like Greg and his fiance are paying for the wedding, right? Like, and there's probably a lot of people that need to come to this wedding and they're probably trying to limit how many people are coming and, and, and I'm not married. Okay. So I understand, I get it. I get in my feels though a little bit the emotional side of me is like oh my gosh like here we go like I just feel like such a loser and I'm gonna have to drive all the way to Cincinnati by myself and get this hotel by myself and you know obviously life is cheaper when you have a partner I'm just gonna say it like all of my married friends are like oh let me live vicariously through you and I'm like how about you pay to live vicariously through me because if I was there with somebody we would split the bill of the hotel room but again I digress I get in my feelings a little bit. I RSVP to the wedding and I start reserving the room and I see it's black tie optional. So now I got to look really good, right? Not only do I got to look really good because it's black tie optional, but because I start thinking about the other guests that might be there. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, this is an NFL wedding. Like, you know, Greg played. He still coaches at the University of Cincinnati. And listen, Greg and his fiance are beautiful people. So I'm going to imagine that there are going to hopefully be other single beautiful people there who also don't have plus ones because surely I can't be the only one. God, I hope not. (laughs) And then I get excited, right? That shift kind of comes in my brain and I start looking for a dress and I was like, okay, this is the dress that you could possibly meet the one in like, 
I mean, really, it could happen. You hear the story all the time, right? I'm sick of the dating apps. I deleted them, by the way. I can't. Too much anxiety. Cannot do it. Deleted the dating apps. Um, we're really not going out anywhere. I'm also trying not to meet anybody while I'm still here in Michigan because I am moving and I don't want to be in Michigan for the rest of my life. I just feel very stuck here. So how about I meet somebody on June 25th? Forget Miss Cleo. Call me Miss Ellen. I am looking into my crystal ball, which really is actually a podcast microphone. I'm looking into my microphone and seeing that I'm going to meet the one on June 25th at Greg Scruggs wedding. So what can I do to make sure that the one is going to like me? And then my brain starts going. I actually had this this thought when I was not low uh, the other night. And I have a lot of genius quote air quote, genius ideas when I'm not, not low, but this one really has like stuck to me. And it's, you know, we try and make ourselves look really good, um, for the person that we want to attract, but why don't we like shift our thinking into turning into the person you want to attract, right? Stop trying to make yourself fit into somebody else's vision of what that perfect person is. And why don't you start acting like the person you want to be with? So with that said, I'm like, okay, I want someone who has their, their shit together, um, mentally, spiritually, and also physically. So we are now on a quest to get ourselves right. Yes, there was a little bit of a deadline June 25th. Like I'm not saying I'm going to be whole and complete with my transformation. Not that I really need a whole 180 transformation by the end of June, but it gives me a nice little deadline. Also, I'm planning on making this move that I've been alluding to for like a year. Um, that's happening in July. So this all seems like a good place for me to focus all of my energy on. So what is it going to take to get us from being this person that we are now to being the person that we want to attract. Bettering yourself can be little things. It doesn't take a lot to do. It could be something as simple as like drinking more water, which Starbucks tumblers is like a whole thing. (laughs) I had no idea. Um, It can also be something as simple as like taking vitamin D. I had plans for the show and what I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to throw an audible in, in my own show, which I guess I can because this is the Ellen Taylor show. Um, I started taking more vitamin D because in December I thought I was facing cancer and uh, vitamin D helps get your body stronger, really. I am okay, but I need to tell the story because, uh, man, I feel like I owe an apology to anyone that listened to me for years and years on the radio say, hey, go and get your mammogram. There's nothing to be scared about because trust me, if I had heard a 20-something on the radio telling me not to be scared about a mammogram, um, I would have screamed. You do not need to be scared of a mammogram. I was not speaking from a place of knowledge. I didn't know because I hadn't had one yet. I hadn't gone through it yet. So I tell the story, not for you to be scared. Get your mammogram every year because I will show you and tell you why it is so important to do so. But I also need to apologize because I didn't know. Ooh, I didn't know. Um, my mom had breast cancer I think she was diagnosed at 47, 47 or 48. Breast cancer doesn't run in our family, or at least didn't before my mom. And she was very young when she got it. She is okay now. Um, Yes, very proud and happy that she's still around for sure. But because of that, 
myself and my sister, we needed to start getting mammograms earlier than 40. My PCP in Seattle and also my primary care doctor here in Grand Rapids both agree that, hey, like we should start getting them at 35. Well, I turned 35 in 2020, so we didn't do it then. But uh, at the end of last year, I did it. I scheduled it. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have even seen my story where I was so uh I dare I say like excited to go and get this first mammogram that I showed up literally a week early. I felt like such a dummy. I showed up a week early for the mammogram because I had been talking and I'd been telling all of these women for years, for over 10 years, go and get a mammogram, go and get a mammogram. And I felt proud. Like now was my time. Like it's, I get to actually go and do it and see and like experience it. And again, speak from a place of experience. Um, the week after when it was my actual appointment, I went and got the mammogram done and it didn't hurt. Okay. Let me explain what happens for those of you that have not had one yet. It is again, nothing to be scared of. I walked in, they make you get undressed from the waist up and you wear a little robe, if you will. And when I got into the little room, the tech was like, okay, we're going to start with the left breast. So if you want to take your left arm out, you can keep your right breast covered. And I looked at her and I said, I don't mean to be rude or vulgar. I said, but you look at boobs for a living. I was like, how about I just take this off? And like, we just get this done quicker because whatever, like, I'm not saying I'm an exhibitionist by any means, but this is a medical profession professional. And if I can get out of here fast enough, just, just do the damn thing. So she squishes the boobs and she squishes the boobs and yes, there's pressure on the boobs. And I, uh, I know my dad might listen to this, but, um, dad, cover your ears. My boobs have been squeezed harder before. So this wasn't really <laughs> too painful, like uncomfortable. Sure. But not painful. And this, the tech was a little quirky or kooky. I, I thought it was just her personality and, Um, so this was the week before Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. So the Tuesday before Christmas, Christmas Eve is on a Friday. So Tuesday I go to get the mammogram on Thursday, the day before Christmas Eve, I get a phone call. Um, and (laughs) it was, they think they found something on the left-hand side on the left side and you need to come in first thing Monday morning, but don't worry. (laughs) How can you not worry? I wish sorry. Part of me wishes that they would have called me on Monday and said, Hey, come in first thing on Tuesday, because nothing was going to change in that four or five days. And literally the next day, Christmas Eve, I was taking my dad and my dad and I were going to drive to Ohio to spend Christmas with my cousins. This was my dad's brother's family because my dad's brother, my uncle passed of COVID. And so this was their first Christmas without their dad, my dad's first Christmas, you know, without his brother. And we were going to go there and I didn't want to worry my dad. I didn't want to worry anybody. And I didn't know if there was anything to worry about. So I didn't say anything. (sighs) I told my one cousin, one, one cousin. And, um, I spent all of Christmas thinking like that was, that was done. Like I was going to go see Charlie. And I think part of me was okay with that. Um, that sounds really bad to say. My concern was like, how are my How's my parent, how are my parents going to deal with this after I'm gone? Like, that's where my mind went. Let's also remember I was not in the best of head spaces. I still am not in the best of head spaces. So when you're faced with something like that, you know, and uh, I have a, a girlfriend here that is also a, a radiologist and at the center where I went and got the mammogram done and I was asking her, you know, what her opinion was. And she's like, obviously I have not 
seen your images or your scans, but yes, it's concerning given that your mom had it so young, what they had found was a little suspicious and where they had found it was a little weird, but she said, yes, it's concerning, but we can't do anything until Monday. Easier said than done. I went in first thing on Monday morning and, oh, let me rewind. This is where the vitamin D comes into play. Um, I had had a therapy session the day that I had gotten the phone call about the call back. That's what was scary about the mammogram, not getting the boobs squished. What was scary was getting the call back and not knowing. And that was something as I look back when I was telling women to go and get mammograms and to not be scared, I didn't understand. I didn't have that reference. I didn't get it. And again, I'm sorry. I didn't know. And I hope you never know what that feels like, but apparently it's common. (laughs) Um, My therapist said, hey, if this is what we're facing, like you want to up that vitamin D for sure. And I'm glad that I did because it's helped me mentally. Like I didn't realize how much I really, how good it was for my brain and like the feel good feels of everything. Um, But I went and I still continue to take 15,000 IUDs. That doesn't sound right of vitamin D. And I went on Monday after Christmas first thing my point was at like 8 30 and I was a wreck like because of COVID and everything like I didn't bring anyone with me and I was just sitting there by myself and man I felt so alone I felt like you know like if I was married right like if I was married like there would be someone with me and all that stuff and um they did another mammogram and I was waiting in this little room that was the size of a closet very tiny room and I was spiraling and If and when they had found something again, then I would be called in for a biopsy. But my friend had told me, like, you will find out that day whether or not you have something. So as I'm waiting for this mammogram to see if I need now a biopsy, all of these things are running through my head because also my insurance, there's something weird going on with my insurance. When I left Seattle, obviously I am not under 26, so I am not on my parents' insurance, so I pay for my insurance out of pocket. And there was something screwy happening to the point where I think I was going to be without coverage for the month of January. The day I went to get my mammogram, I had said to Sarah, my neighbor, I said, hey, I don't think I'm going to go because of my insurance. Like if there's something like this is going to be weird and I don't want to have a pre-existing condition when I go to buy insurance again. I don't really know how insurance works, but what I know is that if you have cancer, even with insurance, it's bad, let alone without. So let me not go. And she said, Ellen, if you have something, they're not going to find it this year anyway. Like there's going to be more tests and blah, blah, blah. Well, my nightmare had come true because literally... Not even a week later, here I was, and I was going to find out on this day whether or not I had cancer, and I didn't know whether or not I was going to have insurance. So now I'm thinking I'm everything is destroyed. I thought I wasn't going to live to see 22 or 23, and years 2022 or 2023, and like my parents are going to have to deal with all of my like financial mess because now I don't have insurance, and um, I didn't realize how bad it was in my head until then. Um, the radiologist opened the door and she said, nope, everything looks fine. We'll see you next year. And I just like my instant tears, sorry, woo, instant tears came out. And she looked at me kind of like, uh, you okay? Like, and she like shut the door. And I, I'm glad that she did. Cause I, I just fell apart at that point. Like I've never been so relieved before in my life. And I think at that point it hit me how terrified and how scared I was. And it, <sighs> And again, the 
feeling of, wow, I must have sounded very stupid to tell these women to not be scared because also women who are survivors or people who had lost their loved ones to breast cancer. And here's this kid at like 25, 26, 27 saying, hey, don't be scared of getting your mammogram. It's great. It's fine. So again, I'm sorry for that. Please get your mammogram because if they would have found something, I believe that I would have been okay because my mom got, it caught my mom early. Like she caught it early and she's okay. I know it doesn't always happen, but I'm glad that I'm okay. And so that, that further goes to prove that we need to do little things to take care of ourselves because you never know when or how something's going to come up. But also, I think it was in that moment that I really kind of, dare I say, like had the courage to kind of start start looking forward to the future. I think a lot of us can relate to this now, having gone through the pandemic those of you, us, that are depressed understand that this is a daily struggle, Um, but it's so safe to be in today. You know what today is. You also know that tomorrow, as hopeful as you are, can be terrible. It can change. Life can change very quickly. That's your reality because we've been through it. And if you're someone that's in your 20s listening to this, man, I really hope the pandemic did not rob you of being naive, of being, and I say that naive, not in a bad way, because I wish I could go back and and talk to, no, I wish I could go back and be the 26-year-old Ellen that moved out to Seattle with the mind, the belief I knew in my bones that it was going to work out. There was nothing in my mind that made me think that moving across the country was not going to work out. Now I need to convince myself that things aren't, that things are going to work out. Okay. Now I need to be conscious of Ellen, believe it's going to work out. Positive thinking, positive thinking. You can get what you want. You can do that. Like, when I was 26, that just came naturally. I don't know if I if it was confidence, maybe. If it was, again, being naive and understanding. Like, you don't have a point of reference. Just like when I was telling women to go and get a mammogram and not be scared, I didn't have a point of reference. When I was 26, moving to Seattle, I didn't have a point of reference in terms of things might not work out and they could go really bad. I wish so bad, and I'm trying so hard to tap into that mentality again because living through a pandemic, and again, those of us that are depressed or dealing with depression understand how hard it is to get excited for even the smallest things into the future. But for me personally, when I don't get excited about anything, when I don't have anything to get excited about, it makes it really hard to get out of bed every day. Um, And I've been in a funk the last three or four days. I think it's PMS, but I don't know because my cycle's so off. It always has been. Um, I'm trying to find reasons to like be excited about things or not even be excited, just be hopeful, look forward, look forward. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm trying to find a reason to look forward to the future. So it might just be something as little as going to a wedding at the end of June 
And yes, I turn it into a big thing in my head of this is your excuse to wear a pretty dress to maybe meet the next Mr. Ellen. No, the first Mr. Ellen Taylor, not next Mr. Ellen Taylor, because there hasn't even been a first one. But um, it could be something as silly as that or as silly as wanting to be on a reality TV show, because I totally do, or something as I'm planning on making a move in July And it's a move that's been postponed now three times. And I am scared that I'm worried, not scared. I'm worried that I'm going to quote unquote chicken out again. I talk about this with my therapist. And even though the move has been postponed for very logical reasons, um, again, the reality of life has hit me so hard over the last two years. And I feel like a lot of us can relate on that note. And it's hard to look forward to things in the future. So um, I talk about the reality show because... I really do want to be a big brother and a fellow casting director who uh, posted that applications are now being accepted for big brother, whatever number um, for the summer. And I'm really thinking about applying because I, the timing is perfect in terms of, it's not like I have to ask a boss for time off, right? No one's going to miss me. I mean, you will, right? The show, but you'll be able to watch on big brother. And I feel like it's like a perfect transition into whatever that next thing is that's going to come for me. When I left Seattle, like my lease was up. I, I had that perfect transition. Let me throw everything in storage and go and see what that next adventure is. That adventure was a terrible pandemic and life's some of life's most tragic moments for me personally, but maybe this, this one will be better. Maybe, you know, when my lease is up here in July, I can pack up all of my stuff into storage and postpone my move because I'm going to go on beyond Big Brother for crying out loud. Side note, when I first moved out to Seattle, I actually hosted the live feeds. If you didn't know, if you're a Big Brother fan, um, or even if you're not, uh, Big Brother people are stuck in a house, no phone, no internet, no outside anything, and each week they vote someone off. And there are live feeds where you can watch these contestants 24 hours a day. And right now, Celebrity Big Brother is on. Side note, Misha Tate better win this. First off, she's from Tacoma, so we're rooting for our girl. Also, she's playing this game beautifully. But you can go onto, I think it's Paramount Plus, CBS now owns the live feeds, and you can watch the live feeds all the time. But back in 2012, 13, 14, CBS had outsourced the live feeds and uh, a company called Real Networks was running all of them. And Real Networks was based out of Seattle. And somehow, I don't even remember how this came about. Somehow I was able to host the live feeds. Like there was like a, a show for fans that aired before the actual live evictions every week. And then every week we also got to like interview the contestants who had been kicked out and house guests. And like, I'm like in this like big brother world in terms of like being a fan and I love it. So I thought I'm going to apply. I think, I still think I'm going to apply. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it, which also explains why like we need to start doing little things to like get ourselves mentally, physically ready for whatever it is that might come next, whether that's a reality show or moving or, or what if what comes next is something that's not even on your radar right now. When we think of five-year, 10-year plans, it's good to have goals, but don't 
Like, don't plan out every single thing that's going to happen and work to check things off of your list. I'm also trying to like practice what I preach as well, because when I moved to Seattle, I know I was moving out there for radio, but if I had written down all of these things that I wanted to do, I think I would have been so laser focused on my quote unquote to-do list and controlling the outcome of things that I wouldn't have left myself open for the most memorable things that I was able to do and opportunities that came up, one of which being going on a television, getting a career in television. Like that never would have been on something that I could have achieved list. Uh, When I say that, I mean, I always wanted to be on TV. Of course, I went to school to be on TV. But given what I knew then, I didn't think it was a possibility, but you don't know what life's going to throw at you. So you always need to be prepared for whatever that is. And I think over the last two years, we've been in the mentality of be prepared for the next bad thing to happen. And again, if you're depressed, you're always thinking about the next bad thing to happen. But isn't life so much easier when you start thinking about being prepared for the good things that might happen, because my therapist always says time is going to continue whether we want it to or not. And at first that was heartbreaking. Ooh, sorry. At first that was heartbreaking because days were going to continue to go by without, without Charlie. And that was hard. And now in this season of I think my brain, not always, not the whole way, but like, I think my brain has come to um, not even accept. I know that like when I go to bed, like Charlie's not going to be at the end of my bed anymore. Um, so, ooh, sorry. So now when I think about what she told me, which is time's going to continue whether we want it to or not, I think, okay, time's going to continue and I'm not always going to be in this apartment in Michigan, which again, Michigan's not a bad place. I just feel so stuck here. I feel, I feel miserable here. I'm like, okay, time's going to continue. Time's going to go on and I'm not always going to be here. Right. So I got to prepare myself for whatever it is that's next. That's being on a reality show, meeting my husband, oh God willing, (laughs) or for some type of opportunity that I can't even fathom yet. Don't you want to be ready for that? And stop trying to convince yourself that it's not going to happen. And that is so much easier said than done. I understand. And there is no amount of Wellbutrin or Prozac or antidepressants or or Xanax or whatever that I think is going to get it through your brain. Like you have to start really doing the things, I suppose, because you're not going to regret getting yourself ready. Maybe you will. I kind of resent sometimes, I don't know, uh, I think about sometimes like, hey, like Ellen, you got to lose weight because if you lose weight, then you'll find somebody. But then I stop myself and I'm like, well, what if you lose weight and you still don't find somebody? And then I start to resent all of it. Girl, stop, Ellen. Like, I just want to, I want to shake myself right now. Girl, if you lost weight and you still didn't find anyone, you can have fun being a hoe. Like I said it, okay? I just said it. It's true. It's true. Okay, so I just need to get that through my head. And I feel like I need to take a moment now again to like thank you because I crack the mic and I start these podcasts with the intent of entertaining you. And in turn, it's somewhat 
cathartic for me. And I hope that doesn't come off as selfish. I'm trying to find the right balance between sharing things that are going on in the world, things that we're interested in, like, you know, euphoria, Sam Hunt's divorce, or like last week's episode talking about the Enneagram and personality tests. I got this great DM from a woman who was sitting at the head of her table and she sent a photo with all of her family members around the table looking at their phones. And she said that she had everyone else taking the Enneagram test. And I want to have a balance between those kinds of things and things like what this episode kind of turned out into, which is sharing things that have gone on in my life. Not again, because I'm not trying to make this about me, even though it is the Ellen Taylor show and I have a shirt on that says I'm the show, which again will be on sale Friday at ellentaylor.com, <laughs> which is still wild that I have my own show and I feel like part of me doesn't deserve it, right? We got some imposter syndrome going on. Like, again, God bless my therapist's insurance and my copay. Do not pay her enough. (laughs) But I also wish that I had heard stories about, like, women getting that callback from a mammogram and, and to understand that it wasn't just me that went through that. And I know, logically, I know that I'm not the only one that has these things happen only to me. But when you're so deep in it, it's hard to think that you're not alone. So, and if I'm being very transparent, the last three or four days, I have been very much in a deep hole. I think it's PMS, but I don't know. I'm not sure. It's probably a lot of things kind of all coming out. But I share these things because again, I'm not trying to be self-serving, but The only thing I am 100% sure about is how I feel. I don't know why I feel the things that I feel. Again, that's what my therapist is there for, but um, I know how I feel. And so I hope that by sharing those stories again, it's it's, um, validating to you and uh, it helps in, in some way, shape or form. I don't know. I just, I have this big fear that, especially working in the industry that I do, you work with a lot of egomaniacs and I never want to be that person. But I've also been told that I'm too humble. So we're trying to find a a good balance between all of the things, which I feel like is life, right? We're we're always trying to find a balance between everything. Um, I'm the show merch goes on sale Friday. Please balance yourself by reminding yourself that you're the show and then supporting the show by buying the swag. Uh, Friday at ellentaylor.com or charliepeat.com. And, you know, if you're hoping to attract a new job, a new partner, a new whatever it is in your life, remember that you are what you attract. So keep that in mind. And also, if you're looking to attract a furry family member, please, please, please remember to adopt and don't shop in honor of uh, in honor of our sweet Charlie. Okay, this is the Ellen Taylor show and I'll see you next week.